<laughs> Welcome, everybody, <laughs> to a sold-out Madison Square Garden. Oh, my goodness. Have you ever seen anything like it? What a moment. 45,000 strong here at Madison Square Garden. Schmidt and Lavellites. Packed to the rafters. The Prestige. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to uh, the first episode of of many, hopefully, with uh, your boy, Mr. Tom Lavelle and Timothy Schmidt. You may know us from a show called Schmidt and Lavelle. This would be uh, another show. We, we talk. We love to talk professional wrestling, and we would like to just give a show about professional wrestling. We've been trying to come up with a name for it. Right now, tentatively, the name is Jabroni Drive. It's either that or sit back and relax in the Steiner recliner. <laughs> Tim, what do you think? Do you like that? Sit back and relax in the Steiner recliner? No, I mean, I love the Steiner recliner. I mean, you just sit back and relax in it, you know, yeah. and just, just enjoy it. You know, but uh, <laughs> apparently that's not what you wanted to go with. Well, if you're out there listening and you hear our uh, show now, we, Tim, how long did we spend trying to find a six name hours? Show? Six yeah. hours. There's a lot of shows out there that are wrestling related. Um, I think we came up, one of the ones that we both agreed upon that we really liked was Getting Over with Schmidt Lavelle. Yeah. And unfortunately, that was taken. So, taken. So, to whoever out there that's doing the the podcast, getting over. Hopefully, it's going well. Yeah, hopefully. Or I hope, or hopefully, you fail, and then we yeah. take over the name, the name. We're counting down the days. Another <laughs> one we thought of was No DQ, and then I was like, I think that might be taken. I follow a, a company on Twitter, uh, No DQ, that writes articles about professional wrestling, and I didn't realize that till today, until I I sent one to you. <laughs> and then then we thought about Beyond the Mat. Yeah. <laughs> then we thought, a... why not just call it WrestleMania? <laughs> we did, uh, but then we threw out Sunday Night Heat. <laughs> so we were like, hey, what about SmackDown? <laughs> you know what, Timmy? You know what the fans really want? They want something, dare I say, raw. Yes, you know? <laughs> yes, raw. What do we call it, raw? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, enough with our bullshit. All right, but <laughs> so on this show, just so you know, we are going to be covering all things professional wrestling, majority of the time, WWE. We're both big WWE fans, and we were going to break down things that are going on currently and different topics that we'd like to talk about from the past, present, and maybe future. So we hope you enjoy it. If you like it, you know, as always, please leave us a comment, share what you what you like, and, uh, you know, we'd love your feedback. So the tentative name of the show is Jabroni Drive with Schmidt and Lavelle, and we hope you enjoy it. Now, Timmy... Monday Night Raw was last night, and uh, SmackDown last week. Both fairly, I would say, they were okay shows, nothing great. The big concern with these shows, for me, is that where they're going. The 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 lack of storytelling, the the almost matches that are seem unplanned and just kind of thrown together. These have uh, Vince McMahon's fingerprints all over it. Um, one thing I would like to highlight, uh, you know, I've I've kind of knocked him a little bit, but uh, Xavier Woods, Xavier Woods had a championship match, his first championship match in uh, in some time it, since he's been 
on the on the show and his campaign i've kind of knocked the match i would say i thought was was very good i thought it was a good match i thought xavier woods did good gunther i think is a is a stud i think anyone he goes against um he gets the best out of them but i enjoyed the match i thought it was good on smackdown timmy thoughts on that match did you like it yeah no i thought it was good um yeah it's kind of surprised me a bit because we've really only seen xavier woods in you know kind of tag team type you know matches where like you know he's either in the match or he's a third wheel right uh obviously with biggie being on the on the injury list and him not being able to be part of new day like he's been forcing this some some tag team events here and there but like it's just uh it was it was nice to see him actually perform in a match of that magnitude um kind of backed up what what he was you know kind of putting out there on social media all the shit that you were talking about saying that you know like hey why does this guy deserve a shot and uh you know what I mean, he kind of backed it up. He he went out and and delivered a good match, and you know, half of that obviously goes to goes to Gunther, who's who's been a notorious, just absolute maniac in the ring. He, the guy is just he's Brutal. incredible. He's incredible though. I mean, he delivers every time he goes out there, and uh, you know, it's good to see a guy like that. Um, you know, and who knows? Like, insert anyone else's name. Right. Like from from the past, like would he I mean, take any wrestler, would he be able to replicate what what Xavier Woods did in the same in the same ring as Gunther? I, I don't know. Um, but I mean, I think he put in a, a, a good match and, you know, it held up really well. Um, and I think it went over well. So we'll see what what's next for Xavier Woods. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was a good match. My gripes with. The Xavier Woods campaign and pushing for, you know, maybe more championship title uh, appearances and stuff like that is one. He's been in a tag team for several years, one of the most decorated tag teams in WWE history. So you had a tag team belts for majority of the time you've been up, which is a lot more than other people have had. Two, you won the King of the Ring off of a campaign. So they gave you the King of the Ring title because you campaigned on social media and you got, oh, you know, yeah, this is the one thing I've always wanted is campaign. And now you want a new thing. Oh, now I want this thing. You know, it's like it's, it's like these campaigns drive me crazy. So you, you've gotten you got what you wished for before. You had the tag team belts for all these years. So to say that, like, you haven't gotten the opportunity for whatever reason is kind of BS. But I will say in the match you delivered and I did enjoy the match. I thought it was a good match. Um, and I thought you played the crowd well. I thought you did everything like that. So I enjoyed that. Tim, a couple announcements on matches coming up for Backlash. One match I'm very excited for is the Theory-Lashley-Bronson-Reed match. I think that's going to be a banger. I think you got a triple threat match that is always fun because you got a lot of moving parts in that, and you got some big bodies out there, and you're, you're going to be hard-hitting, fast-moving, title on the line. Theory's had it for a while. I'm looking forward to that match. And two... You've got Omas versus Seth Rollins. I don't know where this match is coming from. It's another one that has Vince's fingerprints all over it. Will I watch the match? Of course. I, I'm looking forward to it. This is a different style with Omas that we've seen in a little while. You know, he's gone against the Drew McIntyres, the Braun Strowmans, 
the Brock Lesnar's. Those are all big guys. Seth is more of a, a fast paced kind of, you know, can do the high flying stuff. So maybe the different, the contrasts and styles seem to help sometimes. So maybe it'll create a better match at David versus Goliath, whatever. Those are the two matches that have been announced that have kind of jumped out at me. What are your thoughts on the triple threat and then the Omos versus Seth Rollins match? All right. So before we go there, Tom, I just want to kind of give our viewers a little bit of a perspective on, on my eyes towards wrestling right now. I mean, Tom, you've, you've brought me back into the fold over the course of the last year, and you've really given me a lot of insight on what's going on right now in the WWE world. And you really give me a different perspective on what's going on. And hopefully to anyone that's just kind of watching this or, you know, has any idea what's going on with wrestling um, can kind of sympathize with, with what I'm going through because I'm still learning on the fly here. So from what you're saying, right? Like the Omos, you you said like this has Vince McMahon's fingerprints all over it. Right. So the Omos Seth Rollins thing, um, if I'm going back to my heyday, right, like you would always see these ginormous guys, right, like in the ring, right, like the Andre the Giants. Like I remember, like the giant, big who, show. Who's the big show, giant right? like, Gonzalez, all, giant Gonzalez, all these yeah. guys, like bigger than life, right? And yeah. even Kevin Nash was very big, and he, right, that was part of reason. Vince McMahon traditionally has a thing. Or the big attraction. And right. I mean, you can't deny the guy knows what he's doing, you sure. know, and certain is he out of touch now? I would say yes, but sorry, go ahead. I hate to. No, 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 no. And that's what I'm trying to point out to the viewer is that like, yeah, that that's, I guess what you're talking about with the Vince McMahon fingerprints, right? Is like the, hey, the Vince match- McMahon fingerprints are the lack of story. It's just a match that's thrown on the card for no apparent reason. Sure. Why? You know, like it's just, oh, we're gonna put we're gonna put these two guys together. Omos is a giant. They're gonna love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and look, Seth Rollins can talk his ass off, but like, does it translate into the ring? I, I don't see it. Okay. I mean, I've watched look, Seth Rollins right now is one of the biggest trolls, I think, in WWE. I mean, he's got he owns the crowd. Every time he comes out, I mean Chance it's is incredible. I mean, he's, it's almost, it's almost close to what I saw when I was watching in the Attitude Hour with The Rock, where, you know, The Rock would say, you know, millions, and then everyone would say, and millions, and like the whole stadium would say, and now, you know, Rollins is do the same thing, like, and sing my song, and they sing his song, and it's just like, dude on point and a dude can manipulate a crowd it's incredible and it's great to see where he's where he started and where he is now because he is a top performer easily i just don't really see what we're getting from the omas like seth round what does what that that's do the for, point why does that what does it do you know in and, and to have because i thought omas was going to go over against Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. And I thought they were going to start building him as this giant that is almost unbeatable. I mean, he has the size. He could do that. And I felt like the right move was for him to beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Didn't happen. And that's okay. Like, it's not not like something I was like, it needs to happen. But I felt like if he did win, then you got someone that's a legitimate title contender now. Yeah, And they dropped the ball, I think. 
Yeah, what are, what are you building this dude into right now? Like, what is the plan? What is the character development on Omar? I think he's being booked poorly. Honestly, yeah. I really do. I mean, I think he's a type of person that you could turn into a look. Part of the reason why Gunther's matches are so great, or not just his hard hitting, his his stuff like that, like, and that is a big part of it. But the fact that he's held the title for as long as he has and is almost this unbeatable guy. He hasn't lost in almost a year now. Mm-hmm. If you were to do that with Omas, and I'm not saying he has to hold a title, but you make him unbeatable and have him beat maybe some undercard guys for a while, and they started to do that. But then he gets the big win against a Brock Lesnar. He, he gets a big win against – it seems like whenever he's put up against a, a top-tier, you know, a top guy – he comes up short, so it's like, eh. but but so like, in the realm of WWE, right? Omas is very much a dinosaur, dude. Like he is a guy that, like, look, the WWE has superstars that move. That yeah, they're they're six foot eight guys that jump out of the ring and they come off the top rope. Omas is more of a a throwback, right? Like to the old school world of wrestling that doesn't really exist anymore, which, um, you know, it's just, it's evident that like, he just, dude, he has like three moves. Right. And he doesn't even do them well. He seems to botch a lot. And I don't know if his coordination is just not there because he's so big, but even a a simple, when him and Lesnar were having their, their build up to mania, he, he went to throw him out of the ring and he whiffed on it. You know, it's like, Which, in the grand scheme of things, is like a small thing, but us watching now weekly, you see these, you know, they add up to the to the regular watcher, and you're like, this guy needs to put... Now, I thought the WrestleMania match was decent. You know, I, I, I thought it was good, you know? And, uh, I thought it was good. The aesthetic is there. The look is there. They need to have him... I mean, honestly, if he could be more like... Like, Bobby Lashley is great at at giving you this thing of like a power move where he slams you or he does a a pickup and he does these things and he doesn't work fast. And it's like, wow, like, Oh man, that one hurt. Gunther's really good at it too. You know, a Sheamus, a Drew McIntyre, they've got it down. Omas has to, you know, figure that out and it can develop him. I just think until then you have him beat the B players and kind of be this unbeatable giant until he's ready to be in that main event and just I mean, throwing you, him with seth i think you know if he you, if he beats seth it's gonna be like what the hell are they doing right so i was i was about to ask you like do you do you even see like everyone like that's the the, the thing about like booking this match is like everyone knows already that seth rollins isn't losing that match he better so what's not the point, what's the point of putting it on on the card and if he even agrees to to fall to Omos for what reason? Like you got MVP there. I mean, what is, I, I honestly don't even know the direction of that. Moving on to your, the other match, the triple threat match. So Bronson Reed, Austin theory, Austin theory, honestly is still awesome. In my opinion, like he's still working yes. pretty well. I like, I, I do enjoy him. Um, Bobby Lashley. Yeah. You know, obviously he got lost in that whole, you know, uh, 
what was his uh the fuck he was going against bray wyatt and then bray wyatt bray wyatt that that fell asleep and then i will say uh austin theory called him out on that i liked that he called him out like oh you didn't have a wrestlemania match what do you know about that yeah and i thought that lashley's response to that was poor it was bad mike and if i could say there's a knock on lashley he's not great on the mic but go ahead sorry now and um the one the one guy in that triple threat match that i have doubts on is I've seen this dude wrestle now a handful of times. He's been in, um, you know, the Elimination Challenge or in the, uh, right? Chamber. Is that right? Elimination in, Chamber. Elimination cha- chamber. Um, he's been in a handful of other matches. And I've seen him, and it just seems like he he is clumsy around the ring. Um, he just, he's he's brute strength, dude. But, like, it just doesn't seem like he's ready yet. Right for that. What I mean, I hope the guy that they don't put the belt on him. Um, but I just, I just don't think he's there yet. I mean, they're. I feel like it's you're forcing like uh, yeah that square peg into the round hole here. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't see it yet, and I get the talent. I see the talent. I just he's not polished yet. I see a lot of mistakes, and I'm a casual viewer, dude. Like right. if I'm picking up on it, I mean I know you you have to be, and and every other wrestling fan and and everyone in the audience is probably better than I am. But I mean Jesus Christ, I mean am am I wrong in that? Well, I will say I I, I want to say the uh, one of the matches you're referring to is he had a match against Bobby Lashley a couple weeks ago, and it seemed to be there was a lot of missteps. It seemed a little sloppy, I would say, but I think that was part of you know. The, the matches are hard-hitting. He's a big guy. There's two big guys. I do love the off-the-top rope. I think that's an incredible finish, that that's, that splash he does off the top, top rope. I like that a lot. Uh, Bronson Reed, time will tell on him. Um, you know, he has an accent. You know, I guess he's, it sounds like he's Australian. And uh, I think he is Australian. And so that and i it, it may be weird to, to say but i feel like sometimes that holds wrestlers back when they're cutting promos and stuff like that if they have an accent they they aren't taking it like a cesaro who was never great on the mic was with a swiss accent even even a sheamus i think it held him back a little bit you know um of course you can look at a becky lynch you know she has an accent and she's calling up the ropes of the women's room. either way um, Bronson Reed, I think, is a talent. I think he can be used correctly. I see him in a faction as a an enforcer, not a top guy. Um, I don't almost think, like a solo like Sokoa type role. A solo Sokoa type role, yeah. I don't think uh, Reed um, or in a tag team. I feel like he could be in a tag team with someone that was good. You know, I wish they had a little more emphasis on the tag teams, but that's a whole other topic. Uh, I don't think anyone takes the belt off of Austin Theory. I think he retains. I think he holds it. And I'm not saying that a Lashley, obviously he is very deserving of this belt. He could have any belt in the WWE. I think Lashley becomes a big contender for the uh, the new belt. And that's going to bring me to the last topic of our latest what's going on in WWE. A new belt was revealed. A new United or a new WWE heavyweight belt was revealed. First off, First thoughts myself on the belt. I love the design of the belt. I think it is a beautiful belt. I love what they did with it. I think it looks great. Incredible look of this belt. Um, but 
what is going on with this belt? Tim, we've had a lot of uh, issues with with them bringing up the belt and whatever it is. The uh, It just seems like a consolation prize. So Roman, no one can beat Roman for the belt, so we're just going to make another belt and give it, you know, someone else can win it. And also, is the belt, does Roman now lose a belt? Or does he have still both of his belts and this is a third belt? Are there three belts or are there two belts? I, I don't really know what's going on with that. What are your thoughts? No, I mean, I, dude, listen. <laughs> You're in an organization and, and um, you know, in my opinion, there's one belt, like, for every class, right? Like, you, you got your tag team belts, you have your intercontinental belt, you have your your world championship belts, whatever other belts you want to create. But like you can't have two major champions. Like you're going to call this the world heavyweight championship belt. Like what about the dude that's been held holding the belts for what? How how many days now? Almost a thousand. Uh, almost a thousand days. What about the guy that's so, so like no one can beat him. So you know what guys listen, no one can beat this guy, so we're just going to create. And and guess what? You're the idiots that have kept him from being defeated. Like, he doesn't have <laughs> he doesn't have the choice. Like, you're sitting in there in the ring, like, telling everyone that, like, you know, Roman Reigns has the decision. No, dude, you're the one that's in creative, <laughs> you fucking idiots. Like, give me a break. I Like, it's just, it, I don't know. Is this, is this another, like, McMahon it's- thing? I don't know. I, I just it just doesn't make sense to me. Like again, as a viewer from from the outside in, the last time I saw two as belts, an outsider. Oh, as an outsider looking in, like the last time I remember two belts was when I think Stone Cold had the smoking guns. Is was that is that it? Oh yeah, great smoking, belt. Yeah. yeah, and then like the Rock had a belt, and then like everyone was trying to figure out like who had the right, the right belt. And there was a, and then guess what? They, they figured the fuck out and someone had one belt right at the end of that whole fucking situation. I I just, there's, there needs to be one championship. There needs to be a clear cut heavyweight champion of the world. Just the way there needs to be the same with the U S title, the same with the intercontinental championship and the same with the, the tag team titles. Like, I don't right. know why it's such a difficult thing for people to figure out, like in creative in WWE. But like, guys, what are we doing here? You're gonna diminish everything that like you created with the Roman Reigns title reign by creating this new fucking new belt. And when's yeah. the tournament? When is the tournament of championship? Clash of Champions is gonna be at the end of May. I want to say it's May 27th, and it's in, um, I want to say Saudi Arabia. So in my opinion, like then the way it should work is that you should retire the, the dual belt, let let Roman Reigns inherit that new belt and yeah, just and that's the belt. And then that's it. And then just let it let it play out and see what happens. Well, but they like, want a belt on both shows. They want there to be a champion of Monday Night Raw. They want there to be a champion of WWE SmackDown. It's kind of you know, it's silly. Yeah. Yeah, but then, like, if that's the case, then at some point those two guys need to wrestle. Yeah, 
And right. there needs to be a universal champion. Like that's that's it. Like, all right, you might be the raw champion, but like guess what? You guys are gonna fight at WrestleMania and you'll be crowned then the universal champion. Like it should be like a ladder type deal. Like, all right, you get to be raw champion, you get to be SmackDown champion, and then you know, whoever is those champions at the time of WrestleMania have to wrestle each other, and then boom. Your universal champion, right? I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud right now, but like it just makes no sense. That's right now. not a bad idea. So you're saying, okay, there's a WWE heavyweight champion for Raw. There's a WWE heavyweight champion for SmackDown. At you know a certain pay per view, they fight each other. Whoever wins that is now the universal champion. So yeah, you're the Raw champion, but you lost to like the the real champ is this guy. Well, I think that's what they're trying to do. Now, usually traditionally at Survivor Series, the champions from both shows will fight each other. So, the Intercontinental Champion will fight the United States Champion. The two tag champions will fight each other. WWE Champion, Universal Champion will fight each other. That's why you're running this show. Yeah. But so two more uh quick things um and you had mentioned it to me today roman hasn't been on the show for you know i want to say 20 plus days right now he hasn't been on either show um drew mcintyre where's drew mcintyre we haven't seen him for a while he's in contract negotiations right now he's gone black on all his socials eliminated the wwe stuff he is trying to negotiate a new contract so that's something to to keep an eye out he's a big name and maybe a front runner for the new heavyweight championship title. I wouldn't mind them putting that on a Drew McIntyre. Tim, if you have your choice, who ha- is winning the new title? Clash of Champions. Go. Uh, I don't know. Like, so I think the. Do you want analysis, or do you just want me to give you a name? Give me a name. Who do you want? Um. Honestly, maybe, maybe, maybe throw it on Austin Theory. Ooh, I love that. I mean, I'm an all theory guy. I think he is not just the present, but the future, and I, I think that's a great call. Um, some other, some other rumors around have been why not just give it to Roman, have him win a third belt. <laughs> that, I mean, would that would be, be- something. And Drew McIntyre is someone that popped into my head, but I guess I would have to go with right now, Monday Night Raw, Monday Night Rollins, Seth Rollins. Give him the belt. He yeah. wins it at the Clash of Champions. New World Heavyweight Champion. First time ever, Seth Rollins. Maybe that's something to go with. I like that. Final thoughts on current, what's going on in, in Raw. Where is Brock Lesnar? What is the reason him and Cody are having this match? We still haven't found out. But just give us a just give us a reason, whatever no. it is. No, you're not getting it. Yeah, we're just gonna have the match. He just no, attacked it, him for no real reason. He's Brock Lesnar. He's kooky. He's off the. No, he doesn't know no, what he's doing. No, this is this is what's going on. This is what they got. They go. Uh, you know what's great? Let's go. Uh, let's go, Brock Lesnar, Cody Rhodes. Uh, how about Seth Rollins and? Omas, that sounds good. <laughs> Spin the wheel. <laughs> Let's bring back the Tonka and have him fight IRS. Like what? What are we doing right now? Like it's just crazy. Like 
dude, this has been since since the 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 Monday night after WrestleMania, WrestleMania. that we yeah. talked about this about oh we're gonna get an explanation because we felt confident in the storytelling, and you know honestly there has been some kind of throwbacks to to like look the the USO uh, same Zayn thing is still kind of is still going on right and like whatever but it just it's like crazy to me dude like i don't i don't see so obvious just tell us why and that helps build the match whatever reason it is he was paid off by somebody he's working for this guy he's doing that like why why did he do it are we gonna ever are we ever gonna get an answer or is the match just gonna happen and be done and then it's like we're moving on to the next thing like it never really even happened and this I, is Vince. And this is where I feel bad because I know I drew you back in and the last nine months of storytelling has been like, I'm glad we got the bloodline story. I'm glad Sammy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Montreal, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania was all like maybe hit, the hit, best thing hit. they've yeah, ever it was, done. It was awesome. It was awesome. And it's like, we can't, it can't be Christmas every day. So I get that. But the structure of telling and, and, and just, having it be real stories and like, let's just tell the story of why this is happening is being lost. And they're just throwing matches together and it's upsetting. Tom, before, before we wrap up. Yes. Do, do we have like an extra two minutes here? Yeah. What? What's up? I just wanted to touch on something that, that mean you kind of, well, I got caught in a wormhole the other day. I told you about this. Okay. The, The YouTube wormhole where, I uh, it was like two thirty in the morning, and I woke up and I just started looking for like matches, and like I started researching on my phone, and I, I ended up on the WrestleMania or the the role after WrestleMania where Dolph Ziggler, oh, won. what a raw dude! Maybe the I, best Mania raw after Mania ever. I mean, I would. It's the most memorable one to me. So I've never again. I. I was not watching during that that period of time, and I've I've started to go back. And Thomas, you have pushed me in a, a little bit of a direction. I'll be your of, guide on this journey. Yes, you are my guide. <laughs> uh, you did not guide me to this. This just popped up on my feed, and th- from the start of Raw to the end of Raw, it was nonstop chanting. All but it was, I believe it was in New Jersey. Yeah, the Newark at, Center, Newark, at, New Jersey. I think it's where the Devils play. Yeah, and it was at the Prudential Center. Pretty okay, you might be right. <clears throat> and it was bananas, bananas. And and like what you told me to expect out of Raw this year was what, what happened that year, happened that year. And I was like, my god, like if every role was like this after WrestleMania and you're like, yo, usually it is, but like and they had a string of roles after <clears throat> mania that were, and to be honest, the roles after bigger pay-per-views, even recently, the raw after the rumble, the raw after survivor series, the raw after there was a raw after survivor series where Roman Reigns won the title here years ago in Philadelphia. That was incredible. We hadn't seen Vince in a while. He popped out. Maybe that's one to, to check out next. How about this? Did this one hit you good? What, did you watch the whole Raw? Or yeah, just, I did. Okay. I did. How about when Taker was out there? 
Now, this was a big thing. Undertaker came out, and the Shield was in their prime. They're in their heyday, the Shield. Yeah. And they're disrespecting everyone. And Undertaker, at the time, was this untouchable. He's the phenom. He had just beaten, I believe, uh, he just beat CM Punk in the uh, WrestleMania match. And he's out there talking his shit. And then all of a sudden, Sierra, that, the shield, Bennett. And even the announcer's like, no, they're not. They're not doing this. And that moment of like, holy shit, they're coming after the, they're fucking going to get the Undertaker too. And Kane and uh, Daniel Bryan, I believe, come out for the save. But that was another incredible yeah. moment. Obviously, the Ziggler cash in. Tim, um, is it okay? Are we you good to to move on or? Yeah, I was. I mean, I'm okay. I was just. Am I crazy? I'm sorry. I'm just. Oh yeah. Did the Undertaker just like not hold the belt all that often at all? He didn't hold the belt often. He uh he rarely you know he won it at WrestleMania 13 um against Psycho Sid. That was the first time. Well, I think he won it again. Did he beat Hogan for it and then lose it like the next night? I forget. Why would they but, not strap him for like an extended period of time? Why would that not happen? Well, you know, a lot of it is, first of all, people like the chase. Undertaker was on and off the the heel, but he was a face for a good amount of time as the Undertaker. It was always like he was the righteous, you know, guy to fight and to win. And marketability, I think, is a big one. You know, like. You can't the market under- a dead man. You really can't, you know, <laughs> as much as he is, but not to say he's not one of the biggest draws. He didn't need the belt. He didn't need it. He was so good. And that's something that you can talk about the undertaker for a while as arguably the greatest of all time. You could argue that he's the greatest of all time. I mean, the longevity, the matches, the classic matches that he's had, the storylines, the fact that he didn't need to hold the belt to be this, this, Un, like this this wrestler that was just next level the streak helped a lot you know his streak was the biggest prize in wwe when lesnar took that you know maybe the biggest prize until whomever beats roman reigns for the title which has now become the biggest prize yeah. in wwe the person that wins that match and beats roman reigns is going down in history but uh, yeah, I think it's more of a marketability thing. I think you know, you have him on a put. You know, he's not. You there? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Something just popped up on my screen. His marketability is not uh, it like covered you up. So I was like, holy shit, did he just disappear? But um, yeah, I don't think his marketability is is the reason why. Makes sense. Uh, all right, so Tim, WWE this past week uh, published a list of. Ironically, the the greatest WWE championship mm. um, title changes. And I'm going to give you the top five. Number five, Hulk Hogan defeats the Iron Sheik at Madison Square Garden to become WWE champion. This was the first time Hulk Hogan won the belt. Huge moment. Iron Sheik was a big time heel and historically one of the biggest moments because that was the beginning of WWE really and their their takeoff to being the the biggest company in the world in professional wrestling. Number four, Stone Cold defeats Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 14 to become WWE champion. Stone Cold Steve Austin, the single hottest wrestler in professional wrestling history at his peak. No one was more popular 
than Stone Cold Steve Austin at their peak. Any wrestler ever in the history of professional wrestling. Nobody was more popular than Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's a fact, Jack. Seth Rollins cashes in at WrestleMania 31, the greatest cash-in of all time, the heist of the century, they call it, WrestleMania 31. Maybe, you know, one of the biggest WrestleMania moments in the history of professional wrestling. When he got Lesnar, right? He actually ended up, it was a it was a match between Roman and Lesnar. Um, he had the money in the bank. He ended up pinning Roman Reigns. He didn't pin uh Brock Lesnar, but yes, it was a uh it was a match that turned into a triple threat after both guys had gone down um from a I believe a spear or an F five. Number two, Kofi Kingston defeats Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania thirty five to become WWE champion. Now I don't want to shit on this too much right now and tell the audience where I'm going, but a great match. I rewatched it uh yesterday. I actually um, watched it today. Okay. It was a, it was a very good match. That's all I'm going to say from that. Number 1. <laughs> number 1, Mankind defeats The Rock on Raw to become WWE champion. Quite arguably the loudest pop in the history of professional wrestling. Yeah, now you, awesome. you you might be able to argue that and some say the moment that won the Monday Night Wars, which is the biggest war in professional wrestling history, televised. You know, there might be some other ones, but this is the biggest, it, it, as a fan, one of the biggest moments in my childhood mm-hmm. and a historical match where they talk about how the announcers on WCW were saying, oh, well, we already know what's going to happen on WWF at the time. Mick Foley's going to win the, the championship. Good luck. Good luck selling tickets with that, which propelled millions of people to change the channel right away and go over to WWF to watch that match. Tim, as you could probably tell by me saying the top five matches, the one that stands out at me is the Kofi Kingston match. And I'm not trying to shit on this match. I'm not trying to shit on Kofi Kingston or Daniel Bryan or the moment or whatever. Tim, this is nowhere near the top five. (laughs) This is nowhere near the top five. And it's it's almost insulting that they put it there to and and why is this another check the box thing? I don't understand what's going on with this and why they they've put it. They've over embellished this Kofi mania for years now. You know, like it is not an all time moment. I'm sorry. It's a great. I shouldn't say it's not an all time moment. It is not number two. It's unfortunately it's a it's a force moment, and you can tell from the actual broadcast too. Thank you. The um, wrestlers in the back in the girl position, watch it. Like how that's embarrassing. Yeah, like they like at no WrestleMania ever, ever have you seen a cut to wrestlers sitting in the back watching. Come on, the actual, Come on yeah. Kofi, you can do it, Kofi. Yeah. Come on, Kobe, please, yeah. Kobe, win it. Yeah, and that was like Nikki that, Cross. Like, who gives a fuck what Nikki Cross is cheering for? Yeah, and that that's that's the thing that jumped out to me um, about that match because you actually you sent me a message and you said, "Yo, check out this match. Tell me if it's top five worthy." Um, again, I have limited skills in this whole department, but eh, eh, not not top five to me at all, at all, not even close, dude. And I'm not trying to like, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not trying to shit on it. Great moment. You know, it was, it was an awesome moment. I wouldn't even say that was the best match from that night. And it wasn't the main event. If it's a top five moment, 
it didn't even end the show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the triple threat with Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte Flair ended the show. That didn't even end the show, and that's number two title change of all time. Are you kidding me? That's a yeah. joke. That's freaking ridiculous. I mean, I and don't the, know. Well, the Am worst I part crazy? Of, no, the worst part about it is that like it would it would make sense if someone else put that list out, but it's a right. WWE published list, so it came from internally. So it's like, all right, what's the agenda here, boys? Yeah. What why why are they why like I I don't understand why. And so even even some of the matches and and how are you how are you defining the greatest is changes? Is are we talking historically? Are we talking pops from the crowd? I mean the crowd was pretty hot, but it wasn't like I would say Daniel Bryan's win at WrestleMania 30 when he won finally and the yes movement and everyone going crazy was a big one. Historically if you really want to look at some of the greatest title changes of all time, historically, the Montreal screw job sets off a domino effect that does a lot of different yeah. shit in, in professional wrestling and not a great match, not a huge pop, whatever. But historically, when you look at that moment, one of the single biggest moments in professional wrestling history is another one and a, another glaring one. And I fucking hate the guy. I shouldn't say I hate the guy. I don't hate anyone. I'm not a fan. Don't say you hate Punk. Anyone. I know might, you're right. He might end up on our show. Punk, I don't hate you. <laughs> in fact, you know what we're talking about him, and and we're going to get into this in just a moment. But CM Punk beating John Cena in Chicago for the heavyweight championship was—I mean, you talk about a hot crowd. It's Sami Zayn winning in Montreal. That's how fucking hot this or crowd not, was. We're not Punk. winning. I'm just saying that's what the crowd was like. They were in a frenzy yeah. watching this match. It was, and CM Punk's nowhere even on the list, which I find pretty interesting, Timmy. But clearly, and I'm not trying to be a hater, it's not number two. There's no way. Yeah, me, I don't even think it's top 10. Give me six to the 10. Who's six to 10? Do you have the list in front of you? Yeah, I have the list in front of me. Six to 10. Number 10. Edge defeats John Cena at New Year's Revolution to become WWE champion. Number nine, Ric Flair wins the Royal Rumble 1992. You've probably seen the interview. I saw With that. a tear in my eye, I can say this is the greatest moment of my life. <sighs> Shawn Michaels de defeats Bret Hart WrestleMania 12 in an Iron Man match, first time winning. Oh, dude, that was a that was a match, dude. Yeah. That yeah. And, and, and something that had not been done, and you've got two Hall of Fame. Two arguably the greatest two wrestlers in ring in the history of professional wrestling. Number six, John Cena defeats AJ Styles at the Royal Rumble. If you haven't watched that match, one of John Cena's best, and they used to chant, and this is where the people talk about an Austin theory and in a Roman Reigns. They used to chant years ago, I can still remember, you can't wrestle at John Cena over and over and over again. John Cena was hated. They hated that he was the guy. They hated that he was doing all this, you know, he's so good, make a wish, blah, 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 blah. They hated that. They hated Roman. They hate Austin Theory. My point is, this guy went on a string of matches as a United States champion, then WWE champion, where he just put on match after match after match, four-star, four-star, five-star, whatever you want to call it, however you want to rate it. All those matches are above the Kofi Kingston match. It's not even like 
and I'm and like, I'm not shitting on them, but like, let's be real. You know what I mean? Like if you're looking at a historical thing, Brock number 11, Brock Lesnar defeats the rock at SummerSlam, Brock Lesnar, hall of famer, one of the all time great heavyweight champions in WWE history, holding it for long. So there's just so many matches. Randy Savage, WrestleMania four, defeating Ted DiBiase to win his first heavyweight championship. These are all huge moments. Historically pops, out of the, blowing the roof off the joint. And yes, there was a big reaction to Kofi winning. There was a, there was a push for Kofi mania forced the stuff behind the scenes, the, the cuts back and forth to the, the posi- gorilla position of the, like, it was just, it was almost cringe. It was like, Oh, like, are you serious? Just show yeah. the match. No, yeah. Bad spot. Bad spot. So I brought him up in this thing and we talked about him. CM Punk, not on the list. He is a very polarizing figure, I will say. He's someone that is now currently with AEW. Is he with AEW? I don't know. There were rumors that he wanted back with WWE at the end of this past year. He had a falling out with AEW. Last night on Monday Night Raw in Chicago, CM Punk was there. Went into the building. Apparently was uh, was embraced you know, by a couple wrestlers, The Miz, I believe. Went up to Triple H, talked to Triple H for a little bit, asked if he could uh, hang around for a little bit. Triple H said, hey, I got to talk to the big guy about that. Talked to Vince. Security ended up saying, you can't stay here. You have to leave the building. And he left the building. Now, this isn't uncommon for a wrestler that used to be with the company to to come and hang out. Even if, you know, Bret Hart came back to WrestleMania. You know what I mean? You can have your differences with Vince McMahon. You can work him out, whatever. The rumor is now that CM Punk wants to be back in WWE. I'm not a big CM Punk guy for a couple of reasons. I never bought his aesthetic. I don't think he looks like he could beat up a Brock Lesnar. Okay. He doesn't, he doesn't have the athleticism for me to do it on the mic. He's pretty good. He just comes off like a bit of a douche to me. All right. And that's his character. And that's, I'm talking about the character strictly. Okay. Have I tuned into CM Punk stuff? Yes. Will I think it's good for WWE if he comes back? Yes. I'd love it if they just buried him. But that's me as a fan. Tim, is CM Punk coming back to WWE? Yeah, so I, I started seeing a lot of chatter on uh you know on Twitter and, and everywhere else that uh yeah, there could be a uh CM Punk reunion. Um I missed the entire CM Punk era. Okay. Um, so I don't know, like I've seen a couple of his matches, like they seem pretty decent. Um, a lot of fans were into him. I mean, <laughs> the way I see it, the dude, I mean, he, he kind of looks like he's similar size to like Jericho, right? Like Chris Jericho yeah. is like a, yeah, like a, I don't know. Like Chris Jericho is now he's he, Chris Jericho turned himself into a main eventer, right? Like he, over years and years of wrestling and just built himself up. And I know CM Punk has had a similar kind of path, right? He started. right. Um, indie you know, scene. He was very indie, big yeah. in the indie scene. He came over um, and he developed into a uh, big, and I used to, you know, when he came out in the matches, it's someone, if he's on the TV, I'm tuning in for like him or love him. You watched him. Okay. And yeah. he did do that. So I don't I don't know if um fuck I mean he I 
I've seen his his entrances into AEW. I saw, you know, when Incredible. he first came back. Yeah, Incredible. awesome. And then the, I think he tore his quad when he, like, jumped into – he tore something when he jumped into the crowd, right? The guy seems like he's he's a legit guy. I just don't know how that's going to play with the way he exited WWE. Everyone knows He that. ruffles Every- feathers. This guy ruffles feathers, yeah. and, you know, that's the thing with the with the WWE world, and this is why I shouldn't say that I hate a CM Punk, okay? I never bought into CM Punk is my thing, I guess, because of his, basically his size and his his physique, you know, and his moveset. I don't like his finisher. I think he misses on it a lot to go to sleep. I think it's corny. Um, on the mic, he's very good. He's a jerk. He like he does a good job of being this like almost entitled punk, you know that fucking you know like CM Punk, yeah, like deserves this and that. And I've seen some matches of his that I thought were great, you know, but he just doesn't do it for me. Is he a locker room cancer? There's been rumors of that. Is that is that all a work? Is that the wrestler saying that because? Hey, if I talk shit on CM Punk, maybe this leads to a match to me, which is probably going to be a money match. Let me you ask know? you a question now: Like, does the WWE need him? Like, why? they don't need him. They don't need him at all. So don't. why entertain it? Like, why if this is like all the other bullshit? You give the fans what they want. This is what Vince has said for a long time. You know, ironically, as he just throws matches together, but he's. He's worked out his differences. I mean, the Hulk Hogan leaving and going to WCW and NWO and that whole thing. I mean, honestly, I think that was a devastating thing for Vince McMahon. I think that really hurt him. Bret Hart, another guy that left and, you know, all this stuff. CM Punk sued WWE and won for millions of dollars. And like uh, uh, something that he could retire for the rest of his life. And there, there's a lot of bad blood there. He said he got his, his papers served to him that he was fired on or he's released from the company on his wedding day, CM Punk. I heard that. His whole podcast and this and that. Now, there's a lot of people that say he's a prick. There's a group out there, FTR, there's a tag team that I love that seems to have his back. So I will say I love FTR, and if they have his back, you know, maybe I'm missing the boat. Maybe I bought in too much of the CM Punk character and not so much the person. (laughs) It will be good for business. If CM Punk shows up on Monday Night Raw, I mean, ratings are going to be up, okay? And people are going to have major interest in, next thing you know, SummerSlam, CM Punk versus Roman Reigns. It's like, holy shit, this is happening? You know what I mean? So, Well, I don't know what's going on right now because the the main guy right now that's getting the push is – the whole finish the story thing and Cody Rhodes now is getting put, pushed aside. What's what's going on there? Yeah, well, I think it's I don't know what's going on there, and I shouldn't be talking like oh CM Punk's back already. I'm just I, I'm what ifing, you know. But uh, but do you do you, like I, I, mean, I would huh? want them to bury him. I'd want him to come on. But hold on, hold on, hold on. He gets squashed. I mean, like we're, I mean, we're talking about this new belt. We're talking about I just said Austin Theory should get the new belt what happens to Cody Rhodes? Like this dude is just, is just literally came over man on fire. And then all of a sudden he gets buried. Like he lost the Roman reigns. Now he has to face Brock Lesnar. Is he getting buried? Like what's going on? I think he beats Brock. Well, does he beat him? 
I don't know. He might lose. I don't has has Cody Rhodes lost since he come over came over. I don't think he's lost. And so you know because he beat Rollins, he beat him three times in a row, and he got beat him the third time in the Hell in a Cell, and then he came back for the Rumble, which he won. His first loss was to Roman Reigns, and does he lose to Brock Lesnar? I don't know. I think he beats Brock Lesnar, but then pays the price for it, setting up a rematch. You know, who knows what will happen with that? And then Cody, maybe does Cody win the uh, the championship, the new championship? I think yeah, that's I, silly. I think you but, need yeah. your moment for him to yeah. win a championship. Yeah, you can't like, you can't just give Cody Rhodes a belt. Yeah, just because he lost to Roman Reigns. That's my point. Is like that that pursuit for Roman Reigns' title has to still stay there. Like that has that can't go away, right? You know what I mean. Like that storyline has to stay true, or it just doesn't work. Yeah, or it was like, what are we even doing here? What was like, what was all this for? It's like you know what I didn't win that one, but you know I could go and get this one that doesn't really have anyone. <laughs> they can make right up a now. belt for me, and I could go win that. <laughs> Uh, where are we going from that? All right, so um, another thing we talked about last week on our main show, which is now uh, strictly going to be our everyday and sports show, but this new show, we uh, we brought up uh, Mizdow, a, a wrestler that was Damian Sandow that was, to me, a, an over-wrestler, someone the crowd loved, and we thought we would check out one of his matches, one of his prime matches from the Mizdow story. Now, Damian Sandow was a singles wrestler. He won the Money in the Bank contract. He was the first person to never to not cash in his Money in the Bank contract. He was a savior to the masses. He came out on the mic, was very good, this overintelligent wrestler that would belittle whatever town he was in and make fun of him, and it was hysterical. And then he got a chance with the Miz, who was this movie star that was in, you know, the the what with the Marine Four and whatever, you know, he was playing off this thing. And so he started to become his stunt double. And initially it was supposed to be that he would be wrestling all the matches while the Miz sat on the sides and watched. Well, somehow it got twisted, and now Miz Dow is on the side doing all these things. The match that we are highlighting this week is the 2014 Tables, Ladders, and Chairs match between Mizdow, The Miz, and The Usos for the Tag Team Championships. Tim, what did you think of this match? I, I watched it. It's very entertaining. It's short. It's funny. It's it's stupid, but in a good way. I, I love that he comes out. He's got the fake replica belts. You know, Miz is Miz is a superstar. He's got, of course, hold both belts. You know, and Miz gets and Miz Dow yeah. gets nothing. So, what did you think of the match? Um, well, first of all, I thought it was like the whole the whole thing is absolutely like I don't know if it's genius or it's just pure stupidity. It's just like <laughs> a little bit of both. It's great. It's like something that I would come up with, which yeah, right is just at, like totally asinine. Um, just watching Sandow throughout the the match is entertainment in itself. It's just like, what is this dude doing? Right in the now? crowd, in the crowd, reading off of him. You know? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's fantastic. Um, from start to finish. Um, I, I mean. I don't like, and then the greatest thing is the reaction 
from the Usos. Like they're like, what the fuck is going on right now? Like they're trying to figure out like what they what do they do? And I love they, the spot. They've got the Miz. He's got him in like a uh, a submission hold, and Miz is trying to get to the ropes and like you know crawling his way there. And then you see Miz now laying on the mat, like doing the same thing with nobody on him, like <laughs> crawling to the ropes to try to get like just hysterical. Is that the hold on? Is that um hold on? I because I watched so many like Miz Dow uh matches over the last like three days. Um, is that the same one where he puts himself in the corner like in a yes. buckle upside down? <laughs> they had the Miz in the air in like the uh the suplex. Yeah, and they're holding him up, and then Miz get uh, Miz Dow stands on his hands. <laughs> yeah, and like, Miz gets dropped. Mizdale falls over and grabs and, his back. And Jay Uso looks over and is like, what's going on? Okay. And then I think they threw the Miz out of the ring. And then Mizdale throws himself out. <laughs> yes. It really is just so funny. If you get a chance, go check out some Mizdale clips. You can find them anywhere on social media. The match we're referring to is from the 2014 Tables, Ladders, and Chairs match, which I believe was in Ohio. But the match before that, did you get to check it out, Tim? Or did you see I the end not. of it? I did not. Our boy, Mr. Dolph Ziggler, <sighs> against um oh God, and I'm drawing a blank on his on his name right now, and I shouldn't, you know, forgive me for drawing a blank on his name. Luke Harper was his professional wrestling. Brody Lee. Uh, R.I.P. Really? Brody Lee. Uh man, talk about a hot, hot crowd. They were so into this championship ladder match, this intercontinental ladder match. What a match. If you get the chance, it starts the show. Go check out the 2014 Tables, Ladders, and Chairs. The first match is is Brody Lee versus Dolph Ziggler, and then it goes right into the Miz Dow, Miz, Usos match. Usos with their old face pain and the, you know, they're Samoan, you know, what, what's that called when you're yelling out like that before the, the haka, the, yeah, doing the haka, all this, all this crazy stuff. Go check it out. All right. Real quick. I want to comment on Chavo Guerrero. Chavo Guerrero has been tweeting out all this stuff against Ray Mysterio saying for Ray to stop using Eddie's name anymore. He said at Ray Mysterio, is really mentioning the Guerrero name only in tribute and not to the line line. If he's really mentioning Guerrero's name only in tribute and not to line his own pockets with cash, maybe he'll donate some of that money to charity or even better. How about Eddie's daughter? That will show myself and the fans that he's not prostituting the family name. Chavo Guerrero is saying about Ray Mysterio. And he said some other things like, you know, we're good. You don't have to say Eddie's name anymore. His legacy is going to live on. We don't need you. And I'm reading this and I go to myself and I said, man, is he like joining the judgment day or something like that? Well, Tim, lo and behold, Chavo Guerrero pulled a fast one on the Twitter universe. This was all a work. He was doing it in fun, trying to be a big heel to show that he still got it. He didn't mean anything that he said. It was all a joke. <laughs> And uh, he was pulling a fast one. Kudos to Chavo Guerrero for, uh, you know, giving me a little Twitter entertainment. I said, holy shit, Chavo Guerrero, pulling back no punches. Now, our final thing, the George Foreman movie is coming out soon. Have you seen commercials for this George Foreman movie, Tim? Yeah. Interested in seeing it? No. 
<laughs> well, you know what? I think it'll be a movie that I, in a year from now, will see on TV and be like, watch a scene of it and be like, oh, okay. And that's it looks like it. a, it honestly looks like a lifetime movie. Yeah. It almost looks like it's too doctored. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. Just, it's not great. Not Low great. budget. Yeah. Like, terrible. All right. Yeah. So, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's so, go. The only reason I bring it up is because there's an interesting story with George Foreman and a professional wrestler, Mr. Hulk Hogan. Maybe you've heard of him. AKA Thunderlips. Thunderlips. The ultimate male. Yes. So, Hulk Hogan and George Foreman had the same agent for years. And years ago, Hulk John Hogan Grisham was John Grisham. And so he was going, he, he was at home. He went to go pick up his kids from school early one day. He comes home and he has a voicemail and it's his agent saying, Hey Hogan, I got something for you. You know, I'm doing this thing. You, you, I want you to be the face of either, you know, you can do this grill or this blender, you know, let me know what you think. I'm going to call George and see what he thinks. Hogan gets the message on his answer machine, picks it up, calls, Hey, what's the deal with these, uh, with these products? He says, Oh, you got the, uh, the blender. We're going to call it the thunder blender. You know, the, the thunder from what was it? Thunder in paradise. You know, the thunder from paradise yeah. blender, you know, Hulk Hogan's going to go and he's going to sell this blender. You get juice, blah, blah, blah. George Foreman. What did he take? The lean, mean grilling machine. $200 million <laughs> later. <in the laughs> Hulk Hogan wakes up in a sweat on a daily basis, thinking about the phone call that he missed that cost him hundreds of millions of dollars. 20 plus years ago, what you think about now is a lot. It's a lot of money as it is, but you oh, put God. it on that, that time scale. Jesus Christ. Yeah. God, God forbid. I mean, Hogan really missed out on a lot of money. <laughs> what a shame. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I mean, the rich get richer. I mean, Jesus Christ. I'm really, this is, this is really what we're talking about right now. I thought it was an interesting story. I mean, it's an interesting story, but like the guy, uh, he's already a billionaire. I mean, dude just makes so much money. I just, this is terrible. I'm not, I'm not happy with you right now. You know, <laughs> we got a late start tonight and I think Timmy's ready to wrap it up. No. Yes, I am. Yeah, me too. All right. You know what, Tim? This is the first episode of uh, Jabroni Drive. What did you think? Do you like it? Do you think our fans are going to like it? Our fans. The Schmidt and Lavellites out there? Um, yeah, I think... Uh, shit. I, I did, you always do this at, to me at the end of every episode. Got anything you want to say to the people no, out there? No, I don't. Today? I don't. Um, no, I got nothing. I got, hopefully you tune in for the next episode. That yeah. would be nice. That would be nice. We're trying to bring this to you once a week, and we'll be recapping uh, news and different storylines from the WWE. So, we appreciate you listening. For all the Schmidt and Lavellites out there, we want to thank everybody for paying attention and hopefully enjoying the show. If you like anything, please leave us a comment, share, like, whatever it is you want to do. We will see you next week on Jabroni Drive, tentatively. We'll see if that sticks around. <laughs> Tim, say goodbye to our, our lovely fans out see there. See you guys. Adios.